annihilated. We need peace. 93.3 and AM 560. The United States stands with Israel. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. Going around the horn, Joel Cannon joining us all day on the show. Garrett behind the microphone and a very special guest in studio, Senator Holly Rader. Senator Rader, welcome back to the show. So good to be here. It's good to see you and Joel both. I love when you're in studio. It's uh, I love when guests know, come in it's studio. So much more it's like fun. A- and you can't see her, but she looks like fall. Uh. <laughs> she looks like fall today. <laughs> All right, as we do every day, we kick off the interview with the question of the day. Question of the day today: What is the hardest holiday to recover from the day after? I was out late with my kids. They were not in a good way for school this morning. So that's our question of the day. The hardest holiday for me is Thanksgiving because I'm the cook in the family. So. Oh, now is that? But but what's the next is the next day tough because of the cleanup is that the problem well it's kind of that that's our family weekend that we do you know the next day we do the christmas tree shopping then the next day we put the christmas tree up and so it's this whole long you know going to the tree farm eating (laughs) leftovers it's just it's a lot yes very nice senator raider you're from Southeast Missouri. You've been in uh, the House before. Now you're in the State Senate, but you're running for a lieutenant governor. We'll get back to Senate, what you got coming up this year, but tell us a little bit about your race for lieutenant governor. So running for lieutenant governor is, it, it was, you know, I really enjoyed my job in the Senate. I was in the House for eight years, as you know, and was able to accomplish a lot. In the Senate, it's been like warp speed. In the three years that I've been there, I've really, you know, you you have more power, so you're able to get more things across the line in a shorter amount of time. Well, because of my background, the things that I've worked very hard on have been things to do with mental illness, um, sexual assault, domestic violence. And so we've really made a lot of progress, the opioid epidemic. Um, Of course, you watched me battle for that for nine years to get the prescription drug monitoring program done. But when Lieutenant Governor Kehoe decided that he was going to run for governor and announced I really had to take a look at this and say, because I'm a policy person, that's what I'm in this for, is I want to get good policy done to help people's lives. I grew up in poverty. I want to help other people get out and be self-reliant and and have a healthy, happy lifestyle, being able to take care of their children. All of the things that I was able to do that God has blessed me with, that's what I want for other Missourians. And so I really had to look at both jobs and say, okay, in the Senate, I have to work on all the things. I have to work on a myriad of things. As lieutenant governor, you're responsible for overseeing the veterans. You're the ombudsman for veterans, for the elderly. You're the face of tourism. You're also, when it comes to, um, you know, made in Missouri program, but that's not a full-time job. I mean, that's, you know, that's very important things, but you still have time to work on legislation and really work through a couple of senators to help get some good things done. And so, I think it's going to give me a much better opportunity to really delve into some of the state's mental health needs and really try to focus and get some great things accomplished for our state. Now, you're running for lieutenant governor. we gotta, we got to ask a question because one of your opponents, Speaker of the House, Dean Plocker, he's running a little bit of trouble as of late. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole situation going on with the Speaker of the House? 
He has. Um, but honestly, anything I say is going to sound self-serving. And, you know, the House Ethics Committee is looking at this. And so I say, you know, let them do their work and time will tell what needs to be done, if okay. anything. Okay. Uh, giving, giving you the, giving you all chances to take your shots. If you like. <laughs> Holly's patient. That is one thing we can see from her work well, um, to be on f- a lot of things that she's done. She's very patient. She didn't say bless his heart. So she's reserving her <laughs> worst arrows for later. Um, one of the things this last year, you had a really big policy win on the Senate with the save women's sports legislation. Walk us through that. You know, the year before we had a Senator Carriott. And he, honestly, I'm just, I mean, I'm pretty straightforward, as you know, so hopefully I don't offend, but he absolutely fumbled the ball multiple times. And this legislation, the Save Women's Sports Act, to make sure that girls are only competing against girls, born girls. And to me, as a woman, it was very frustrating for me to see a man carry this legislation that appeared to only want the headlines that it brought. You have to work, as you know, you have to work legislation from the time that you file it. You have to talk to committee chairs. You have to talk to leadership. You have to talk to the members on the committee. You have to talk to the floor leader, getting it brought up. I mean, you have to really work it in the background. You can't just make speeches about it and expect it to get done. And so as a woman, I and and a mother of a daughter who played sports, played volleyball through high school, I was furious to see that we had some girls in our state that were actually having to play second string to kids that were born male and identify as female. So to me, this is a women's rights issue and so i filed it and made it my number one issue and got it passed i you know typically filing something that someone else has filed and you know has made a lot of noise about is is usually not not my cup of tea but i wasn't going to let this go by another year without us getting it done one of the controversial things that we've seen that popped up last week um but also wraps itself in this whole saving women's sports thing Misha in the state of Missouri has been occasionally a punching bag for the legislature, but really no action seems to have been taken. Misha, as recently as this spring, summer, was still allowing boys to participate in girls' sports. Then last week, they shut down the Houston volleyball season because, you know, a couple girls on the team had gone and played in a charitable volleyball tournament. What's the legislature's role in managing Misha, and how can we, you know, I remember right after COVID, they were requiring athletes outside to wear masks. They just, it seems like they've constantly been a thorn in the side of most conservatives in Missouri. So what's the legislative role in Misha? You know, as when you and I were in the House, we had one of one of our representatives from Southeast Missouri. That was kind of his goal. I mean, that was Steve Cookson. I mean, that was his goal was to do something with Misha, and he was never able to. And, you know, it's the the role that the legislature has over them seems to be very slim to none, unfortunately. They they need to be revamped. The governor, I think, needs to do something about them immediately. I mean, they have been a problem for as long as I have had children in sports in schools. They have been an issue. Yeah, I, I would like to see it. I know last week with 
you know, you had some of the, the legislators and senators saying, hey, we, we need to pull them in front of committee hearings. But I all, almost think it needs to be more than that. It feels like they, and we have a few of these, but they, they, they do whatever they want. They give lip service to the, the legislators, but then they just go back and they do something else. And we haven't seen a full revamp, and I'd love to love to see that happen. You've got I agree. another big session coming up, and I know you're on your way to Senate caucus, but what's your focus like in the, the, the 2020? for legislative session you know i have a couple of things that i've been working on with um with sex trafficking you know i i got married at 15 um not not in a sex trafficking situation my sister did go through some things um growing up and and as i've said you know we grew up very differently but um a lot of kids missouri is one of the worst states for sex trafficking as as you and I know, but a lot of people don't know. And um, so working on the age of being able to get married, changing that age again, we changed it a few years ago when you were in the legislature, but upping that a little bit more, um, you know, when you can't sign a contract until you're 18 and it be valid, um, why can you get it, get into marriage? It doesn't make much sense. And as someone who got married at 15, I know it doesn't make sense. And so that's one of the things that I'm going to be working on. Also, our foster care system. We've got several. I'm working with several other senators to make many changes to that. But one of the pieces that I'm carrying myself is um, right now, if you are a foster child in Missouri and say one of your parents has passed, and so you get Social Security on that parent, that goes to the state. So you don't get that money. So that doesn't get put in an account for you at, for a later date. Once you age out of the system, it just becomes a state. So in effect, you're paying for your foster care while others aren't paying for theirs. But many states have now changed that. And how wonderful for a child that has been through that type of life that then they have something to help them with with extended education after they age out of the foster um program so hopefully we can get that changed in in one year it does have you know a fiscal note the state's been used to getting that money so i expect some pushback but hopefully we can get it done so i want to ask about traveling the state while you're camp you know campaigning for lieutenant governor well when was the last time we had a female lieutenant governor have we ever was i don't we did we've had one female lieutenant governor democrat uh, many many years ago uh, well, so this would be this would be very exciting and a big change. Um, but what has it been like for you traveling the state while you're on the campaign? Um, you know, being really, away from home and away from Jeff City. What's what's it been like? Right, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, with me, I mean, I grew up traveling. You know, I mean, we moved over thirty times from the end of my third grade to the beginning of my tenth grade, and we traveled via Greyhound bus. So, I and I've lived everywhere from Florida to California. I love the state of Missouri is such a beautiful state and I love traveling. I love seeing new places. And so it hasn't, I mean, it's been quite refreshing getting on the road and, and traveling for me, but um, it's also been, it's been really nice seeing how excited people are that I've decided to make this jump and run. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, I mean, folks like, having someone who is serious about policy and who has a lot of wins from the years past and working in the legislature. Like there's not been one year that I've ever 
warm to see. I mean, every single year I've worked on big, important things to people's lives. And um, so people seem very excited that to have someone, you know, holding this position that's actually, you know, going to make it a working policy working seat. Yeah, no, I think that's a refreshing change. Certainly, um, I think people get used to politicians putting out a lot of press releases or their speeches kind of being like um, brash or bombastic. And, and there's like a lot of smoke, but no, yeah. like, you know, no substance, really. And that is um, right. certainly not true for you. I think everything, you know, you take it, you take it seriously. And it's it's not like. Oh, look over here and then look over right. here. It's and, you like know, very serious. And my record speaks for itself. I mean, I've been endorsed by the NRA every year. I mean, Second Amendment rights are incredibly important to me. 100% pro-life. Years of votes to prove that. I've been saved since I was four years old. God is very much the light and the, the compass of my life. So I don't have to go into a Republican club meeting and talk about God, guns, and babies. Right. That's... That, I have that. That is a part of who I am, and I have years of track record proving that. But so when I go in and meet with with people, I talk about the way that I grew up, the things that I've come out of, and the things that I've overcome. And and those are the things people are struggling with opioid addiction in their families. Families are struggling. People people are struggling with mental health issues, trying to get someone just to get an appointment that's not two months away. You know, these are the things that people are really having issues with in their families and need help from. So when you're, I know you have a book that we have not discussed yet today, but um, you've been on the show before to discuss it called Cinder Girl. And yes. um, so does that go with you on your travels? It does. Do people ask about it? It does. Um, it's a very good Christmas gift idea. Thank you. Um, as you know, I was blessed with a, a publishing house wanting to publish my memoir um, a year ago. And so it has been... Um, very successful, and it has been something that I do take to my meetings because I think that, you know, I grew up not in politics, clearly. Um, I mean, when I had my first baby at 16, you know, I'd quit school at 15, had my first baby at 16, I probably didn't know who the president was. I was in survival mode. Like, I was trying to make it work, make life work, and I was a child with a child. And so in with my book, when I started you know, when I was old enough to vote and started voting, I wanted to know about the people. I didn't, everybody was just saying the same thing, but I wanted to know, okay, well, what are they really going to do? Right. And, um, taking my memoir with me and making sure that folks get to read that is how they can find out, you know, who I truly am and what I've come out of and, and the things that have shaped who I am today. Uh, Holly, if people want to know more about your campaign for lieutenant governor or follow along with the work that you're doing in the next legislative session, how do they find you on social media, find you find you on the Internet? So Holly Thompson Raider. Thompson is my maiden name. And um, and then and that's for Facebook. And then I'm also on Instagram because my kids are adults and they have been pushing me that I have to do more on Instagram. And um, and then also Holly Raider dot com and that's r-e-h-d-e-r dot com and my book cinder girl it's with a c is um available on amazon very good holly raider she is running for lieutenant governor 
Senator from Southeast Missouri, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank y'all for having me on. It's so good to see y'all. All right, we'll be right back. What the hell coming up next with Joelle?